Shining Veil is a new show on stars. It's about a family moving into a house that turns out to be haunted. That plot's been used plenty of times before. We've seen it in The Haunting of Hill House, American Horror Story, Season 1, Lock and Key, Curon, Typewriter, Channel Zero, Ghosts, any of those have the same yeah, beginnings. But but this is this does the horror part better. Like I I like more prone to is call this scary? it scary. Like, in some parts, yeah. What was the scariest thing that happened? There's the a part in the first episode where uh, Courtney Cox's character Patricia she opens up a window and you see that there's a woman in there. But like it does a weird type of like editing jump cut thing where it, like closes up on her. That would be a jump scare. Yeah, right? well a little bit. Yeah, just the way it was like so like jaredly edited. Hmm. So, like, quick, was the music loud yeah. at the same time? Yeah. All right. Welcome to Casa de Phelps. That is the name of the first episode. This is the family, the Phelps. You have Pat Phelps, Courtney Cox, like yeah. you said. Who else? She, uh, you also have Jake. That's the son. Jake Grant. is still engaged. You've seen him in Pen15. Gaynar. Gaynar, yeah. That's the daughter. She, like, joins a Christian club like, in the Bernie, second episode. Yeah, Jane Humphreys from Dickinson. And then you have Terry. That's the father. Do you know uh, who uh, plays him? No. Greg I, Kinnear? He's from Stuck on You. Oh, Matt yeah. Damon, uh, Little yeah. Miss Sunshine, The Stand. He's been in a lot. I don't think I've ever seen him really in that much. He's, so he's been in. No, I know, yeah, I know the name. And then you have also Roxy the dog. Roxy who actually the dog. Plays, who actually plays more of an important like, character than you might expect. What type of dog? It's a small white dog who always like follows the ghosts. Like uh, Aside from Pat. I mean, it chases she, the ghosts, like yeah, squirrels. Right. Like Pat and Roxy are the only, pe- or only things in this show that actually see ghosts. Terry, Jake, Gaynor, they they all don't see like anything How going about Michael? on. Michael. Michael Phelps. <laughs> I think he would have made a good addition to the cast. He, they don't have a swimming pool here. It's in Connecticut. Yeah, it's That's in That's where Connecticut. they moved to. Well, Connecticut has horror track background. It's got Beetlejuice in the second Friday the 13th. There's they also were, the haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> there's the haunting in Connecticut. I didn't name them all, yeah. And they move into this 200-year-old Victorian ma- mansion. Well, the reason they, they do... Yeah, okay. The, yeah, the reason they do is because Pat had sex with uh, Terry's best friend, Frank. Oh, they were best friends. I knew yeah. it was a handyman, so that's where... Yeah, in fact, Terry and well, Pat even like go to Ozark counseling. in that, like, you move your children and your family away and the wife was cheating and there's an older daughter and a younger son but they didn't move until the second episode also they were dysfunctional so but yeah but 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 this is more of a horror comedy than anything else right yeah so it's been mostly compared to ghost wolf like me the santa clarita diet the woman in the house across from the street all those (laughs) all those i messed up that title the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window (laughs) and that also had a handyman in it Oh yeah, I had the mailbox yes, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So but, it was also a parody, sort of, and this is not uh, exactly a parody. Yeah, right? no. There's, a, it's actually supposed to scare you a little bit. But all those and like things that you mentioned, like ghosts, and they all seem to be, I would say, lighter than this show is. Even the last episode of Wolf Like Me. Yeah, I remember you saying that that was legitimately. This scary show continually for every episode always said like, um, this show deals with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it gave you a number. A number? Oh yeah, no, like no, 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 no! It was just like caution. It was just like a cautionary thing. Yeah, I heard they also made up some facts, like at the beginning where they. Yeah, were there's, like, there's a, there's a couple. Actually, this made me laugh. It starts off with some text that says women are roughly twice as likely as men to suffer from depression. Symptoms include sense of helplessness, insomnia, change in sex drive, hallucinations, and feeling completely out of control. And then it popped up with text that said women are also roughly twice as likely to be possessed by a demon. The <laughs> symptoms are the same. Mm-hmm. So right then and there, I was like, okay, this is going to be a comedy, and I think it set the mood well for it it set the tone yeah yeah so when jeff astroff the guy who made trial and error and also new adventures well he didn't make new adventures of old christine but he wrote for it he also wrote for shit my dad says 
he pitched this idea to Warner Bros, I think, and they were originally against it, thinking it was his idea to insult women at the beginning of his show. <laughs> then he said that it was actually Sharon Horgan's idea, and she's the one who created, wrote, starred, and uh, directed Catastrophe, while also the show Divorce, and she was mostly known, you would know her, I mean, from David Cross's love interest in the increasingly poor decisions of Todd <laughs> Margaret. And once he said that she was the one who came up with that idea, and it was her words, not his, they loved the comedy and they sold it. Yeah, I know, and I think that works out really well. There were some really funny parts in this show. So I, you liked his humor. Yeah, I liked the, I liked the show. I heard there general. was this tension that was existing between how do we make it both scary. Well, this sounds stupid. Like, yeah, obviously mm -hmm. that's going to be there. But they hired horror writers and comedians, and they had it out. Like, they they tried, they wanted to put jokes in there, and then the horror people were like, that's not going to work. Yeah, that's well, not going to work. I think one of the reasons why it works so well is because this show constantly keeps you guessing. Like, it is one of those things where, you know. It was billed as shining as a comedy. Yeah. Does it deliver? Well, yeah, I think it does. I think it does in both So what senses. are you going to give it? Overall? I'd say an 8 out of 10 because it was short. It was to the point. It was simplistic, but not in the sense where I felt like the writers were cheaping you out of anything. It's like it's a pretty they did go straightforward plot. In, in order to get these eight episodes out. Right. And there was like a lot of funny characters. Terry is probably my favorite because he made me laugh in a lot of different scenes. How? And there's a, there's like a scene. Comic yeah, he's he was comic, comic relief. relief. But, yeah. like, for example, he meets Frank in the second episode because the, the fact that she cheated is, like, all throughout the second episode. Again, they're going to counseling for it. They're always bringing it up. In mm -hmm. fact, Gaynor, their daughter, is always kind of, like, throwing a lot of slights at Courtney Cox's character. And uh, it just gets to the point where Terry can't take it. So he finds a drill that apparently belonged to Frank. He decides that he's going to go return it. And when he goes into Frank's apartment, they kind of, like, have it out a little bit. Terry starts, like, getting really angry at him. And he's like, and you know what? In tries to take uh, Terry's coffee maker because their coffee maker broke, but he can't carry it. And so he's like Is sliding. Like a it's like supposed to be this like really Italian del delicate type coffee maker. And he's trying to carry like it. Like an in. espresso? Yeah. Well, something like that. It's really expensive. And it was like. Like the ones George Clooney would sell. Nespresso. <laughs> I don't know. It was even more this expensive than that. podcast is brought to you right now. <laughs> it was even more expensive than that. Like, Frank is even like... This it's is, an espresso machine. This is untouchable. And okay. then Terry is like, yeah, so was my wife. And he tries to carry it, but he can't. And mm -hmm. then Frank ends up helping him carrying it, even though he's, like, trying to steal it's, it. That's like search party. Yeah. And it also continually does these cuts, like, through... I, the first episode takes place through Sunday through Friday, and it always is yeah. showing you the day. Have you seen The Shining? No. Okay. Well, there's a lot of like references to the shining, the cuts for one, the title uh, cards. I think you're referring yeah. to, and how it becomes less about the days and more about the time of the day. Right. Yeah. Because it starts because like in the first episode, it's Sunday through Friday, and they show you like a couple of the days, and then suddenly in the second episode, it's like Monday, Tuesday, and then it just says dinner at one point. So mm -hmm. like the time becomes less specified. Is that when it's getting scarier, or things are amping up, or what? Well, what I liked about the episode so much is that when Courtney Cox was seen the ghosts like i felt that she was the one who was actually telling the truth but then in the second episode what i thought the show did a good job of doing was the fact that her sanity is always in question yeah because suddenly because i was Unreliable thinking myself, narrator. right because i was thinking to myself at the beginning of the episode they're always saying she's dealing with mental illness she is depressed we see that and like they're upping her dosage on like the pills that she has to take and i was like wait is she actually seeing these ghosts so or is she not where do you fall uh, well, by the end of the second episode, that's when, like, the woman that she's been seeing in the house suddenly... Rosemary, right? Yeah, closes the closet door and is like, good news, you're not crazy. So it seems like that's confirming the fact that 
there actually is a ghost in the house. But that's what your mind would say if you were crazy. Well, there's right? also just some other weird, like, supernatural things that happen. For example, she's having trouble, like, writing her book. And she has to give... Writer's block? Yeah, she has to give the publishers, like, a first chapter that's really supposed to be good by the end of the month. Or else they're going to take back the advance payment that they gave her. I hear that her previous... Or what she writes is kind of, like, smutty. Yeah, right? yeah that's exactly what it is. It's, like, shades of gray type things. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she was writing, she couldn't, like, think of anything. But suddenly a ghost takes over her body her like pupils go huge and she's able to write something and then of course when the ghost leaves her body she's not able to remember what she wrote but she gives did it to they the CGI publisher it? Uh, like her eyeballs or did she just act it no they they cgi'd it okay it grew. okay but when she gives you mean they dilated yeah, yeah but when she gave it to the like publisher the publishers read whatever the ghost wrote and was like this is great you should keep going with this like because it'll really work was it like truth or dare cgi where like the smile happened as well <laughs> I think it was even better than that. The smile and truth are there was just so campy. It reminds me of the first season of Scrubs. They were going to, if they got canceled, make it that JD and the janitor's relationship that the janitor was all in his head. That he was being <laughs> Because he doesn't have any interactions with anybody else. Like you were talking about with Rosemary, who's played by uh, Mira Sorvino from Rami and Michelle's High School Reunion and Mimic and a bunch of like 90s movies. And then her career kind of took a break. And then, but basically she's, done comedy and horror before her character was also described as sort of the thomas jane and expanse character huh. where uh, yeah because he shows back up as a ghost when he shows yes but he's not really a ghost he's like half himself and half the protomolecule and that's how she described herself now like half herself from when she died and also half like demonesque right yeah because like Courtney Cox, she's like, she has this dream where she has to think about words that she can use in her her book or whatever. So she gets a Scrabble set and starts to like put words together. Just like seeing, a Ouija board. Yeah, almost. And like she's trying to figure out what she can use. And then suddenly the table kind of knocks a little bit. And Daisy, the, the word Daisy shows up and she's like, well, that's strange. So that's when she goes to the closet and realizes that there was like a, a length board that a kid does to like mark where their length was. And in. You mean a height? Yeah, yeah. And then Mark, like, etched inside the closet was daisy so that's how she figured out that like the house is kind of talking to her that's where the haunting at hill was house daisy connection a comes daughter i think so yeah okay. and so that's where the haunting at hill house it also reminds me of the haunting of hill house yeah where it, the person looks like she's from the 50s right she yeah. looked in the haunting of hill house like she was from the 20s almost exactly like that corny cox is like it's just this like housewife that's from the 50s when she's describing it to terry mm-hmm. also another twist that like this was in the first episode is the fact that whenever um there's all those scenes where like corny cox is downstairs and the whole family is upstairs and she sees a ghost and gets scared and then runs to how terry. often does that happen in the show i in was two episodes well it happened mostly in the first episode and it happened like five different times either it's a bad dream or she actually saw something and terry every single time he was like oh it's probably a deer and by the <laughs> every end of, time every single time <laughs> but by the end of the episode she like walks out because she's taking the dog out and and she gets really scared and then she turns the lights on and there's actually a deer there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like okay this show actually like it, it has fun with its premise and i respect that from what i was reading and there are some mixed reviews on it um it did seem like the people who have watched all seven episodes out of the eight the Mm -hmm. critics were given um that they were more appreciative to the earlier jokes like they said that it was kind of underselling itself at first and so people who write it off as something bad might be selling it too short yeah no i think so too in fact i my cons come with the second episode only by the very end of it where there was kind of like a dramatic moment where terry and uh corny cox have like an argument Mm -hmm. that part i felt was a little bit more soap opery than i kind of liked 
But except for that, I thought that the show did a very good job at like keeping well paced, keeping me entertained. It was funny. Was it, was it hard scary. to see Courtney Cox and not think this is the lady from Friends? This is the lady from Cougar Town. At some parts, like in fact, like almost all of those mixed together because she plays kind of those same characters. Like in Cougar Town, the first few episodes that I watched, because I only watched a couple episodes, was all about sex. And here in the first scene, she's thinking about how she was having sex with Frank when they're in the car. You're saying she's drawing upon house. all her previous experiences. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she actually reached out to Jeff Astroff. They didn't have her in mind for the role. They just knew that it had to be someone who uh, was a mom and then also who had dark hair because they wanted to make it more. Did they have anyone else in mind? I I don't. Maybe Sharon Horgan because she's the one who was like pitching it with them. And so when they wrote it, she would always be the one that people thought because she wrote and directed starred, as I said, in Catastrophe. So she's used to playing roles that she creates almost for herself mm-hmm. but that's not what i guess they ended up doing here and uh and you did they come across as like a real family also you haven't talked about jake that much and he's supposed jake, to be like yeah. addicted to he D- vr right even when they're eating dinner he has this his oculus rift on and uh what happens with his story is his mom told him like may make a friend that's your age mm-hmm. and whenever he's like playing on this oculus rift and speaking to this person every, like the whole family is like it's a pedophile that you're speaking to and then jake by the very end of the second episode is like oh I invited him over for dinner, the person there. And so, they're like, we're, we're, you're going to finally realize he's a pedophile. And then uh, the, Terry opens the door, and it's this old guy, and he's like, oh, no. But then this <laughs> kid right next to him shows up, yeah. and, and then Jake's like, hey! And then you realize that the person who was old was actually that guy's dad. Yeah, I, I got yeah, it. So, yeah, so that worked out really Since well. you haven't seen The Shining, it is funny to hear you kind of, like, talk about things that would normally be a trigger and be mm-hmm. like, oh, that was obviously, a, like, the rolling ball. Rolling ball literally a ball that was yeah, rolled that she thought was yeah the dog. it was like yeah it was like a tennis ball yeah <laughs> you're just thinking it was a, t- a tennis ball it was a reference to it was like almost the exact same type thing they were even thinking about having the elevator doors but then they were like that's too much yeah. uh but yeah they have the t- title card the rolling ball there's not uh, like twins. nearly running over a girl was a reference to the fact that right that happened uh, in the first like a couple of, that was the so first this scene. is pat right mm-hmm. and this is her questioning her sanity or yeah whatever. suddenly she, like, there's a girl a that's driver. like coming not- after a ball and then she like takes the wheel from terry and just turns it and then there's nothing there because part of jack torrance who jack nicholson portrayed in the shining uh his character's background is that he like killed uh, a kid or mm. something like that but they couldn't find the body when they like went out to look for it so yeah that so that's a, that. that's a direct but then, yeah pat phelps and jack torrance are both writers they're both suffering writer's block uh both have problems with uh like addiction issues and then also mental illness that they're afraid of passing down to their kids but not only that for pat uh she's also afraid that her daughter is going to be too promiscuous I yeah think. well no gainer in the end is like trying to be the least like her mom possible she joins a christian group yeah, with this one that. guy that she like named ryan and there was even a funny scene where they were at the group at, like at high school and they were like please introduce yourself and she gives her the story of the first time that she had sex and then ryan like kind of comes to her and is like we just need your name and grade mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so she was going super deep and then after yeah up. after she gave it the, the second main, the second episode is actually an innuendo it says she comes at night which it's like if you don't know what the show's telling oh, yeah is, there's the joke right there um how about the realtor i heard there's a realtor too because she's from twin peaks right yeah she's the real yeah the realtor tries to get pat into her friend group we see that in the second episode like they meet at a coffee shop and yeah. she and but like pat is just not having it in fact that's one main thing in the show they don't want they're oh, not like, able to get friends how old are they again they're like in their 50s right yeah so it's not like the middle millennial group of because uh, in uh you they did the same sort of thing where she was trying to make friends with like other people mm-hmm. that were in the community 
community and they the whole thing is about being internet like savvy and yeah it's up to date and that but this isn't really dealing with that like she's just a friend group of like a library club or something like that yeah okay and so pat just says no thank you yeah no i'm not gonna have it and so is do you see her like taking pills or anything or anything to make you doubt her sanity even more well, again, also she, there's chopping wood all day, right? That's also a dead on cue too. Like, yeah, ter- Terry, that's in the first episode. Terry's like, whenever he like feels like he's always getting worked up, he's like, I'm gonna go chop some wood. Yeah, if you got something called the Shining, and then you got a big axe introduced in the first episode, yeah, you, that thing's probably it's like a check check gun. Yeah, you even see the axe in like on a tree yeah. stump at like the end of the first episode. I'd be curious what episode eight looks like to this. Like, why give critics seven episodes unless there's like some big twist in the eighth <laughs> one, right? Yeah, no, that's that's strange. She's usually they just give them the full season. Yeah, and then uh, Michael of the New York Times says it's well acted, genuinely spooky, and riotously funny. Decider said skip it. <laughs> it's got a 6.4 on IMDb, a ah. 70% on Rotten Tomato, but like an 89% audience score. And TV Guide gave it a mixed review saying the series gets more entertaining as it unfolds, but it teases out uh, too slowly for the mystery that it's mm. giving away. Yeah, I mean, I think that the first episode, I kind of maybe disagree because I think the first episode's better than the second episode. Mm. Well, I, mean, I think they mean longer yeah, later on. Right. Uh, also, it was some people liked the jokes and some people didn't, which from the creator's point of view, they talked about that a lot because Jeff asked off again trial and error new adventures of old christine that's very structured comedy it's like yeah uh yeah set up punchline set up punchline right <laughs> and always those like cutaways in trial and error yeah to, like, and they're not interviews. afraid to do something super goofy yeah well with catastrophe on the other hand you have like really raw comedy stuff off the cuff things not exactly improv but things that are like you have more of a realistic rawness to like the comedy so like the structured comedy versus raw comedy jeff astroff said that he wouldn't have been hired on a show like this yeah before because of like the tension between those two kind of delivering whatever this is and if you liked it then that's great it's such a strange mix to have but yeah no i think that the show did a good job of like being able to mix it well so is it better than um wolf like me uh well i mean i saw the full season of wolf like me and i'm not sure if i could go that far but i was entertained are you going to continue to watch this season i have so much other stuff to watch at this point so no (laughs) no okay oh would you want to live in that type of house though it's a mansion. How do they afford it? Like, just based on her money from her books? Yeah, from the advancement, which is why they can't... Do you think she's going to cheat on her husband again? Is that where this is going? Or No, but we do learn that she cheated on her husband more than he thought in the second episode. Like, when he brings home the coffee maker, he, he's like, look at this. And then she's like, is that Frank's? And then he's like, yeah. Wait, how do you know? This was in his apartment. And it yeah. turns out that, like, she cheated on him for a full week. That's where the part where my cons came in, because that leads to the argument. Okay. So the characters are good. The storyline's good. You're genuinely curious, like the New York Times guy, for where it's going. Other than that, what else do we have to say? Anything? No, not really. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.